Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Chat About Death. Welcome everyone. I'm joined on the panel today uh, by Simon. Hello Simon. Hello. Uh, that was what? Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, we've put him on a little stool and he's going to be on his best behaviour today. As we, well, he'll try to be on his best behaviour as we go through some of these questions that we get asked a lot of times. But I think it's very important that we um, we can do this several times and that way people sort of know. depends on what episode you're up to. Um, so for those people that uh, think, who is this Simon? Now, Simon uh, was employed by us uh, probably over 12 months ago and then moved on to greener pastures. He ate all the grass and said, I need to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So um, we welcome him back to to our, uh, to our team. Um, a lot of the questions that we do get asked are, how do we get into the industry? What What is the process? Um, where do we go? How do we do it? Do you need any uh, education? Um, so we're just going to try to, you know, go through some of that today. The also, uh, the other thing is to, um, you know, talking about qualifications, um, but also I think we might revisit the exhumation side of things. And I know there's the difference obviously between getting into the industry but in exhumation, a lot of people are still puzzled by that. They don't truly understand what that means. Um, and then there's a couple of other questions there that we'll go through. But we'll uh, let's see if we can do our best with this. Uh, we are amateurs. We're not really sure what we're doing. <laughs> um, so firstly, I mean, because I guess, Simon, you, you've been in the industry only for, a, and I would say, a short period of time even though it'll, it feels like you've been in it for a long time. Um, how, how did you go about getting into this? Like what, what made you get into here? That's the, that's the best thing. Well, the biggest thing for me was during the midst of COVID in 2020, I was made redundant from my logistics warehousing wow. role. Mm. And yeah. then scrolling through Indeed, I was looking for more work and noticed that there was a funeral transfers job. Yeah. Didn't need any experience, not that they put anything on there for qualifications or yep. any experience. So I said, why not? Apply for it. Applied for it. Had a, um interview over the phone yep. and uh, made it perfectly clear that I've never been really exposed to deceased. Yeah. And then... How did you find that the first time that you, that you saw someone that had passed? Was it a bit of an eye-opener, the first couple? I mean, yes and no. Yeah. Because... You don't really see a lot of deceased people, you know, especially if you've never been in in the industry. So right, it's yeah. not a, it's not a like a regular thing for you. Yeah. As opposed to seeing everyone alive every day. Yeah. You know, it, it feels different. There's you know mm. sometimes it looks can be different. Yeah. Things like that, but I kind of went in in there expecting to see you know pretty much anything. Yeah. So I pretty much. So you, your eyes were open for it. Yeah, I was yeah. I was waiting for it. But, yeah, I did a lot better, you know, being exposed to deceased persons better than I thought I would on the first time. Yeah, because I think it's one of those jobs too that uh, – or roles that, that you either you either like it or you don't. And I reckon within the first few hours 
of doing what we do, you'll either like it or you don't. Yeah, and it's not it's not just a job. It's uh, it's certainly a calling that we have to do. Um, it's definitely yeah. one of the uh, best things about the industry is itself because you know it's for you or you're not or it's not for you. Yeah, There's I mean it's different to like we've we've spoken off air before about you know driving you know doing all the other type you know retail and then like you said warehousing and forklifts and this and that and you know hospitality and it's just so different. Um, now, obviously, because you didn't have any formal qualifications, I guess, with the funerals, didn't mean that you didn't have the ability to do the job. Yep. Because if you didn't have the ability, well, then you wouldn't actually be sitting on the other side. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Some random off the street. <laughs> Excuse me, we're just doing a podcast on the industry. You haven't been in it before, but doesn't matter. Um I mean, I guess, you know, doing patient or patient or deceased transfers, um, that, that's a fairly big fundamental of what we do. Um, even though I've changed up a little bit of how we do it with our organisation, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we, we can't get a call in the next 10 minutes to say, hey, you need to go and do a transfer. So we all need to yep. be trained in that. How do we do that? It's Look, my biggest thing is... When it comes to people trying to get into the industry, all I would say to them is keep trying. Don't, you know, you're going to get a lot of downs more than what you're going to get positives, if that makes sense. There's going to be people that are going, no, we don't employ anyone at the moment, you know. But it is, and you would probably understand too, it's one of those industries that, you know, unless someone passes away in it or staff move on, there's no real movement. Um but going with a large, larger, and I'll use the word corporate, um, there is probably more job roles there, but you become a number, you know, where some of the family-run businesses are the ones that probably try to get into the most because, uh, I don't know, it, it's just got a different feel to it than the others. It, it definitely does. And being in a larger organisation... Like one of the popular companies. Oh, sorry. And then, um, <laughs> I shouldn't have had that baked beans for breakfast. Like you said, you become a number, yeah. And you're specifically locked to a certain role, yeah. whereas the smaller companies they pretty much get you to branch out a little bit, yeah. Try and take on every. Well, you sort wouldn't. Of you wouldn't be doing more tree. You wouldn't be doing a lot of. Um, a lot of the everyday admin type stuff or whatever and going delivering ashes, it'll be that you're just a driver. That's yep. it. Drive, 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 drive. Yep, definitely. And uh, you have no responsibility. Um, we don't pay you to think. <laughs> That's the That used to be the old analogy of it all. Just turn up, wash the cars, do what you need to, get out there and then go home. That's it. Whereas, like you said, the family-run businesses are the ones that are going to give you a little bit more exposure to stuff. Rather than um, yeah, just being that number, uh, isn't that right? Two six five nine. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and we have branded his chest with a number. <laughs> Actually, we crossed out the original one, <laughs> and we've given you the new number. Oh, and it's got an A on the end of it, <laughs> so and it's slightly dated. <laughs> so to get into it is just reach out to um, any of the family-run businesses or even corporates. You can go for corporates. 
just keep trying. That's the, that's the biggest thing. You don't really need to have a formal qualification. I mean, look, if you've got uh, customer service skills, if you've got the ability to talk to people, if you're a people person, if you've got empathy, if you've got, um, you know, how to drive, that's that's a plus. <laughs> that's the biggest one, I reckon. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that you're not going to stumble on certain things, you know, like... And, and be able to take a bit of pressure too because, yeah, okay, it could be quiet today but come three minutes later it's busy and you've got to be able to think on your feet. Exactly. Um, no matter what you do, I think in any industry you're going to have those moments but more so uh, probably on this side where things do change a bit, you know. Um, it, it definitely is 50-50 because some yeah. employers will not – you on unless you've had experience purely because they don't know how you're going to react yeah and the last thing they want is you to come in no experience yeah say something and then see that that used to happen with the days of people wanting to do work experience you know year 11 year 12 or whatever it was you know oh i want to get into the death industry but why tell me why you physically want to get into it if it's just because it's death then don't come. Yeah. You know, death, okay, yeah, that's the reason why we are who we are, but why? Oh, I just want to see them. No. That's someone's loved one. You know, would you like Nana to be viewed by some yeah. snotty-nosed teenager? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. it's a bit. It's so not a game. That all stopped because there was, like what you said there is, how do they know if you're going to be able to cope with it? And I've always tried to do here is – is baby steps, you know, this is someone's foot, this is someone's leg, this is someone's arms. I don't go, here you go, da-da, you know. Uh, here's a decomposed body, get yep. that into you, you know what I mean? It's very much, uh, yeah, stages. It, and It's definitely sensitive. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I, know, and I know a few directors that have done that where they've just brought someone fresh off the street Um and gone straight into, you know, basic prep. Here you go. This is how you do the features. And it's like uh, maybe learn a little bit more about the the processes first before you straight go straight into that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a little bit different, a little bit different. Um, so, look, if I mean there is courses that you can do online, but to be honest, I, I don't know if they're worth – doing it um i mean i guess for your own i mean all you have to do is put in google you know funeral services or whatever and you're going to get 15,000 you get it's all going to be americanized uh everyone thinks that we have the stainless steel drawers you know where we keep our bodies yeah um and that as soon as we open the door this white mist comes out like like a freezer (laughs) (laughs) It, uh, we don't have that. I would love to have a, a cool room like that. Um, but, yeah, it's overly priced for what we physically need it for. Um, you know, uh, it's not CSI where, you know, you got all the forensic team in there. It is, it's just a, it's a very, I don't know, I find it very unique, that's all. It's, But, uh, yeah, you don't need to be a... Um, a forensic scientist, you don't need to be a, um, you know, a nurse, but, you know, if you've got some form of caring, 
that's that's the main thing, I believe. I believe the biggest the biggest thing if you want to pursue the industry is make sure that you want to spend the, potentially the rest of your life helping people. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. And the way media is portraying this industry. Damn it. I've been in it 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's yeah. just um, – just a lot. Just a, you need to be able to, to care because if you come in here with the mindset it's just money, yeah. it's not going to work. No, it's because it's you could be out. There's it basically gives you no social life. Yeah. So if you need a high social life, it's yeah. it's not going to work. No. Because sometimes you might have nothing, and like you said before, yeah. next and the next two seconds you could have five jobs to do. Yeah. And yeah. You could, you could be out for fourteen hours, twelve hours. It, yeah. it completely varies. Yeah. There's no a set clock on time. There's no set clock off time. Yeah. It's just whenever. <laughs> it's like whenever you're going to go home. It's like once you're here, that's it. You know? Yeah, you're trapped here. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. So for those people that uh, have uh, asked that on our um, lives before or on our TikToks or anything else like that before, I hope that has answered a little bit for you. Um, there's probably more to go in with it as well. But, yeah, until you were sort of in front of everyone asking those questions, it's hard to sort of gauge what how far you want to go into it. Yeah. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, exhumations. Have you done one? No, I haven't done an exhumation. Ooh, yeah. Now, it possibly you may end up not ever doing one. Yep. I know that's really sad because they are very different and unique and I was just blessed that I got to see quite a few during mine. I think, uh, was it 12? 12 or so, maybe? Yeah, I'd have to go back and think about it. But majority of it was early in my career when I started because I started with a corporate and... Uh, that was around the time that a lot of the mausoleum um, buildings were getting built and especially a lot of the Italians and things like that, you know, they had their loved ones in vaults. So for those that don't know what a vault is, uh, is a concrete line grave basically. Um, whereas obviously a mausoleum is above ground um, and their loved one goes straight into there. So the exhumation would mean removing that person out of wherever they are in whatever grave and then doing work on them and then re-putting them into a casket or a coffin and then placing them into the wall or wherever. Could be could even be another hole in the ground. Yep. Um, it just depends on – and that was what our last exhumation was, was someone, which was the husband, they didn't like where her wife was buried the first time. And I say the first time because she was buried twice um, – and so we then ended up having to do the exhumation of her. She had been in the ground for, I think it was just over 12 months, had to exhume, which is a lengthy process. Like it's not, oh, I want to do one next Tuesday. You can't. You have to go through, there's paperwork for the health department. All of her family and his family have to sign to say that they're happy for, um, you know, Jane to be, I'll just use Jane as a reference, but Jane to be exhumed um, and are they happy 
where she's going, you know. Yeah. Um, I've never really heard of the health department knocking someone back. Um, I mean, we've even done an exhumation on someone that the mother had lived for 20-something years in this world of my son is in a white suit. I don't want him in white anymore. So the health department allowed that. So we exhumed him after, I think, 25, 26 years. And we had to replace his white suit, which is pretty much just skeletal remains, with a suit. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's it's it's, and I'm la- I'm giggling or laughing because it's it's just it's something. It's a bit of a nervous laugh too because it's it's different. It's um, once you see it, I don't think anything on TV could ever show. Uh, well, maybe the sci-fi people, the people that do the special makeup, but. It's not, it's not just like oh skeleton with that. It's like things all over it. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, so obviously with the exhumation, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, the paperwork side of things, like we said, the um, removal of remains, which means that. Normally the cemetery will just do their minimum work, so dig the hole down to where the lid is um, and then they just sort of stand back and allow us, we actually have to get into the hole. Um, Unless it's not safe to do so, then they will advise us where we go from there. Now, when you exhume someone and let's just say the coffin or casket is damaged, when you go to relocate them for... Wherever you know, say you know, family went overseas, wanted to yeah. relocate. Would you put put a new coffin or casket? Oh, you have to. Yeah, they won't allow you to reinter in the coffin or casket that they're in. So even if that casket came up in a semi-usable um, condition, that casket would then need to go into a larger one. Yeah. If they wanted that. But, yeah, you can't just inter it, you know, straight into the wall or into another grave. And that's an OH&S issue too. Um, yeah. But the ones that I've done, some have been in uh, metal caskets, which obviously they just come straight up. Um, but that can't, even if you cleaned it up on the outside, they still don't allow it. So the family, unfortunately, are in for a, for a big financial um, pool because a that's the the fees for the permit fees for the cemetery fees for the casket fees for the funeral director there's lots of you know you could be paying nearly double of what the original funeral was worth so so basically if you want to exhume someone make sure it's for a good reason and not oh, just yeah, to redress yeah. someone no that's right <laughs> yeah look i guess i guess on her angle she that that mum she just <laughs> that one they were having a bit of a uh uh, husband and wife issue and they were they were split and the dad did it in my understanding uh to spite the mum i see yeah so he has to live with that she had to live with that he just didn't well as far as i'm aware he i don't think he was even involved with a lot of the process at the end he had to give authorization but he just went oh, yeah, whatever you know whatever she wants um but 
yeah, it's it is it is uh, it is a bit of an effort, and it can take up to six to twelve months for that permit to be issued. Um, but to pull someone out of the ground, especially if, I mean, our one that we did that was only down there twelve months. Um, luckily, her underneath, her plyboard and her liner was still intact because we were able to rope underneath that and then pull her up rather than pulling her up in bits. Yeah. Um, I have been seven foot down looking up um, <laughs> and that is the most yeah, – that was before the days of um, – uh, what do they call it? The, the shoring. So the shoring are the like wooden planks or metal planks on either side to, to stop it collapsing in. But they only go up halfway. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, I can't explain what it smells like because there's no other smell on this planet that I've smelt uh, that would go, hmm, yeah, exhumation. I mean, you're dealing with body. You're dealing with um, like uh, plant matter, um Bacteria, all of that, all comes into it. Like it's just so. Oh, I don't. I don't think there would be anything at home that you'd go. Oh, that's a bit off. But but also when you dead possum. Yeah. No, no, that, that, that dead possum. I'd smell that every day. Not that exhumation. Because different. It's, it's the trapped air in the coffin as well. <laughs> oh yeah. And then yeah. you finally release that pressure, yeah, yeah. and that air comes out. Yeah. And say it's, it's been in there for twenty years. Um, yeah. It's it's not the best, but. That's what we're there to do, isn't it? That's part of our role. Um, but, yeah, with, with her, we were lucky that we were able to get her up and then placed into her travel coffin, which we, which we, which we have here. Um, and then they chose another coffin. She was originally in a casket, um, but then they chose a coffin directly for her. Um, and then we organised... The day for the reinterment, um, her remains pretty much went into a couple of body bags. And I say a couple because any one of that rate of uh, decomposing um, needed to have that. Um, and even that probably wasn't enough. But we, you know, keeping in cold storage and things like that was enough to sort of hold it until we could, you know, get her straight out of that cold storage just before we're about to leave. Um, and it ended up being a hot day that day, so it wasn't the best. But um, the husband got what he wanted and that was her to be laid to rest in a beautiful spot in one of our cemeteries. Um, yeah, he had to pay quite a bit for it, um, but he can sleep at night now. Um the other thing is a lot of people have said, well, what happens to the grave that you've just taken them out of? Well, it's still owned by the family. Um, you can sell it back to the cemetery, uh, but you've got to make sure, like even when we pulled her from the ground, we had to make sure there was no residue or timber or anything from uh, her. You know, it was like, yeah, gold panning. Yeah, you don't want to cross like, two loved ones. No, no. Um, 
So we, yeah, we had to make sure that everything was out of there. So if there was any hair or if there was like anything, like uh, count how many fingers or toes she has. Um, when she came up from um, her grave, it was like dressing up a skeleton where she, I mean, I think she passed of breast cancer originally, but she had this f- like fur fur jacket she had like the um, these beautiful boots on. Like she just was immaculately dressed. Um, but we didn't touch her obviously because, you know, more playing with that than, yeah, you run the risk of everything just coming coming apart. Um, but it was, um, yeah, that one was certainly an experience too. Um, but, yeah, well and truly you, you've got to wear PPE for that. You can't. Just get in there with you. Can't just chuck on some hardy yak and get in there. <laughs> no, you gotta be you gotta be done up. Um, you know, I was wearing a, a face mask, one of those ones with the, you know, that you can use for asbestos and all that type of stuff. Um, oh, I can't remember what they call them, but we've you've got it over there anyway. Um, but even that, you could still smell things. Wow. <laughs> um, but if I didn't have that, I'd be still laying on the bottom of that grave because it's um, yeah, it does attack you. Um, I think some of some of um, some of the exhumations that I have done have coffins or caskets have been pretty much intact, which has been great, you know, just to see that or the old style coffin or. Um, but we even had a family that when we did open the casket that they actually wanted to come and see. Why? Uh, uh, oh, I have no idea. But it was weird because if you've ever watched the movie that had Two-Face, um, Two-Face, that would have been, um, I don't know if that was Batman or where one side of his face was normal and the other side of face was like skeleton, that was pretty yeah. much what some some of these look like. How does that happen? Mm, I don't know. Um, but the one that one family wanted to see, um, he still had his hands there, but he was in his suit and I just thought how are you – I don't have enough words. I don't think I could allow a family to do that. No, because that's the that's the last image they're gonna have. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's like oh I want to see him. It's like well he's not like yeah, but he's been embalmed. No, 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 no. When someone's been down for twenty odd years, yeah, you might be lucky, and we were lucky that he was just getting to the point where he was starting to turn. Yeah, you know, so that was a good embalm, but far out. His granddad, that nah, looks like the Incredible Hulk. It's just so different, so different um, and so different to what you see on TV, you know. It's just – it's not clean and tidy and it's dirty and it's smelly and um, – I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in this industry because they base the, everything they know yeah. off media. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, if it wasn't for people freaking themselves out, I would say, hey, come on in, let's have a look. You know, come and come and spend a day with us. Um, 
but you know, unfortunately, it's not like that, and you don't want to inflict more trauma onto people. Um, yeah, so especially if they go and see a psychologist after that, and yeah. they throw your company name. Yeah, in. and look, a lot of the time is that I mean, on our side, how do you go and talk to someone in therapy if they've never had any exposure to death before? How can you go and talk to someone about a trauma? And this is the issue that I've battled with for a long time is how do you, yeah, you can't go and sit in front of a generalised counsellor and go, um, you know, this has happened today and I felt really bad about this or I just I couldn't cope because of this person's age or the uh, his wounds that he had. Um, what are they going to say? Like they can't help you to, I mean, they can say, oh, well, that's sad, you know, or just don't think about it. But they're not, they're not trained enough. Exactly. And even trauma counsellors, um, you know, I think depends on if they've seen it. If they've seen it, then they can sort of live it with you, whereas it's, it's hard out of a book to, yeah, it, I don't know. That, that's just me. I, I, and I yeah. apologise for any trauma people out there or nurses or doctors or whatever, but it's it, it can be harder for um, for us in our field to get through stuff like that. Yeah, you know? I, I definitely believe everybody should be exposed to deceased persons yeah. throughout their life yeah. because it's a process that's, you know, it's unavoidable. Yeah. We're all going to go someday... And we're all going to see someone deceased at some point, whether it's a loved one, yeah. Whether it's a well, that's friend. true. So, I wonder if if anyone. No, I don't think they would do it. But I wonder if, or what they should do, is for anyone that's gone out and murdered someone, or gone on a drunken rage and bowled through lots of people. You know, we've had a lot of a lot of trauma in Melbourne. Just you know, over the last few years where they need to see the damage that they've made. Yep. You know, not like, oh, yeah, hit the car and whatever or, you know, I shot him or stabbed him or, you know, you physically come into the coroner's and we're going to show you exactly what you've done. Yeah, definitely. You know, and if that traumatise them, well, so be it. You know, if they're, if they're guilty, if they're guilty of it, then here it is or here's photos. Seeing it would be better than photos but... Um, Especially the coroner's smell, that's enough. Yeah, there's um, definitely an experience in that. I, uh, yeah. So do you have any questions about exhumation or are you pretty... You've pretty much summed it up because the biggest one is why would it happen? Like why would you would need to exhume someone, you know? Why do you reckon? Like what, before we were starting to talk about this, what do you, what did you reckon well, would be I, some of the reasons? Well, I thought, you know... It was either the family due to financial issues couldn't afford the grave anymore. Yeah. Or if, you know, they're travelling overseas, like I said before, and yeah. they wanted to relocate or they had a, you know, last-minute decision. And, they <laughs> and then they go over and they get fired from their job and then <laughs> mum's back over there and you're back in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy that, that you can still do that because a lot yeah. of people don't know what an exhumation is. Yeah. And, and, you know, but it's it's a scientific word. I wouldn't even say a scientific word. It's a fancy word for saying we're going to dig this person up. Yeah. Basically. 
Yeah. And you obviously need good cause. Look, I, I think, you know, some of the causes that I've heard over the years, I would think, why did they allow that? Well, you'd think but that you'd have to meet a certain criteria before you would be allowed. Yeah. And so that story you shared with us about, you know, the mother wanted to address... Oh, the, that, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think that would be allowed considering the fact it's only addressing it. It's yeah. not, not essential at this point. Yeah, but probably maybe because of her medical history of therapy... Sort of like... It may it, have assisted yeah. that, that you need to provide us now proof. Okay. That you have physically been affected by this. Um, but it's just... it's. It's a very different thing and, you know, that's why I think a lot of people are opting for cremation, A, because of affordability, but also they might be gypsies, they might move around a bit, you know. and But then on the other side is is a burial something that your culture or your religion is, is so um, full on about, you know. You must be buried, you know, for that return or, you know, the second coming or something. You know, it's that it's that thing. But to just because you move states or whatever, I don't think that personally is yeah. is warranted. But um, I've never been in that situation because a lot of our family have all been cremated. So you just do what you do with the ashes and... Cremations is definitely a lot easier because oh, yeah. it's, you know, you can, you know, have your loved one in an urn definitely. and keep it with you or you can scatter them yourself, you yeah. know. There's a lot of versatility with it. Just scatter downwind, not upwind. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit gritty. <laughs> and I say that from experience. <laughs> you never get granddad out of your teeth. <laughs> it's not good. No, no. Um, what was one of the other questions that you have there? Embalming was a big, a big one because mm. there's I've seen a lot of people on the internet, especially TikTok, saying that everyone gets embalmed, and then there's a lot of people that don't know what embalming is or what yeah. it's or what it does. Yeah, a majority of companies, and I will say larger companies, will embalm pretty much anything and everything, only because that they could be in a training. Um, situation where they're having to train embalmers and trainees and through the process. Um, my experience is, and what we do here, we'd be lucky if we would do maybe two, three embalmings a year. Yeah. Now you're probably thinking, well, how, how do they do that? But you only do that. Well, the length of time that we have someone doesn't really warrant it, like especially an internal embalming. An external embalm, we've got jellies or creams for that. We've got hypodermic needles. We've got we can we can do all of that, but ourselves. But to do the physical embalming would only be necessary if you were doing a lot of islander um, deceased that were going back to a family home because going home. You got the elements of heater. You got the elements of, you know, just everything, pretty much. You know, um, and they're laying with their loved one for three to seven days, um, or if they are going into a mausoleum, 
that the requirement is to be embalmed um, or if they're being repat, um, repatriated to go overseas, then they have to be embalmed. There's so many, so many things that go into that. Um, but embalming is really not necessary unless we're having to hold a body for a long period of time because then there's that set like of, you know, how yeah. long's a piece of string. So for those who don't know exactly what embalming is, it's basically preservation of the body. Yeah. But done internally. Yeah. And it doesn't stop decomposition right away. It doesn't stop it at all. It just slows it down. Yeah. Look, you could you could have the best embalmer, the best of chemicals, and it still goes pear shaped. Yeah. I don't think any embalmer could say one hundred percent that the embalm that they do, they're like, oh yeah, that worked. But they can't 100% guarantee that that body is going to do what the textbook tells it to do. Exactly, because everyone is different and based on you know how their body is and what's happened to the internal organs can also interfere with yeah. some of the chemicals. Medication, drugs, steroid-based things, opiates, all that type of stuff. So we don't get, we don't get told that. Like we don't know what that person – like if they've uh, died of a drug overdose – like either prescription, non-prescription or whatever, like what is it? What is it that they, they won't tell us? So if you go in and, and we've, I've had that here and I'm only going by experience where the person had come in, had died because of a, a, a prescription drug overdose. I think she got to a stage where she went, oh, oh no, I don't want to do this anymore. It was too late. Um she obviously went to the coroner or went – actually, they, they managed to maintain her. She went to hospital and then, then she died. Um, but because she had um, a steroid-based drug in her system and I think – I can't remember what the other one was, but those two don't mix too well. Uh, and they tend to, when they get into the stomach system, that's why I like ibuprofen and all that type of stuff, make sure you eat with it um, because it can – rupture every blood vessel in your system um yeah if if it's ingested the way that she did um but because of this dye that they had done for imaging as well that then affected the chemical um and this is the second time that i've seen this happen where they go from uh, a palish sort of it's a gray like especially around the mouth but when you see it it just looks like wax. You just think, oh, it's like a prothesis, you know, yeah. like with, you've changed it. Then the embalm was done and turned into a smurf. Wow. Just that, that bluey, purpley type colour. There's nothing you can you do can't, to fix that? You can't fix that. So if we would have known or the embalmer would have known, um, you know, that this person ingested steroid or did that, then there might have been another way of being – but going through the venous system, you don't know if you've got all of that out. Um, you know, and it took me probably nearly three hours to apply makeup to a, to be back to skin colour. Wow. And that was a lot of trial and error. There was things I was using that you wouldn't normally use on a face, but we had to. We had to. It was just, um, yeah, when I say that, like more sort of the heavier type stage makeup and stuff like that and, and making it look as natural as possible. 
And embalming itself, it's a pretty lengthy procedure, isn't it? And it's invasive. Yeah. Like, yeah, you for those, um, and I'm probably the best way of saying it is removing, um, removing your blood and replacing it with preservation chemical. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not going to remove all of the blood. It's not all going to come out. But that, it's a hardener pretty much. It'll just harden um, your body, dry out your body. Um, but once again, it all comes down to how much you put in. I've never, ever seen an embalmer measure. It's all been just, you know, like well, I guess when you're doing it every day, it's like, I don't know, 150 of that. That looks 150. That looks like 200. You just put a litre of water in. Um, if you put too much in, does, does can that affect? Oh, yeah. Or you put too much water in or too, you put too much chemical in, then that can bloat and then... <laughs> It all comes out of the pores. Wow. <laughs> so, it's, so it's, a, it's technically it's like, a risky process. Yeah. And that's why – and look, some people undergo so much during their illness towards the end. That, and if you don't need to do that procedure, don't. You know, we can preserve hands and face as much as we can. Um, we can troker the, the abdomen if we need to. We can utilise cavity fluid. We can – do all of that because obviously where the bacteria is going to be is going to be in your stomach and your bowel. Um, but then you've got your kidneys that, you know, they're just, yeah, the body is a really, really fascinating thing. But, yeah, replacing replacing your blood, which will have bacteria in it because now that the white blood cells aren't going to be able to remove that. So it's just going to migrate. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, and that's why people go off as soon as they, and I'll use the word go off, but will start to turn because, yeah, the body's been infected with this bacteria that, that is, that's hungry. Yeah, so basically the bacteria is just eating. Yeah, it eating just, away. It's, and it's a way of, of the body to remove itself. Wow. Get rid of all of this and then um, we've just got bone. Um, so even though embalming has been around for thousands of years and it fascinates me so much, but on the other side, it's not a necessary thing unless there is, you know, due to a policy at a crematory, at a, at a cemetery or going home, they're really, or hmm, I would normally say anything over seven to 10 days of us holding um, possibly will need an embalming, but I can't guarantee what the condition of that person's going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even even with the embalm, um, but obviously keeping people at a cooler temperature will then slow that down. The embalming slows process down. Um, so it's better to just don't embalm unless you really got a really good. You know, reason yeah, for it. yeah, I, I would think so, but that look, like, like you said before, you know, if say mum or dad's gone through a really tough time through an illness, yeah, and they've sadly passed away, yeah, the last thing you want to do is give them another surgical procedure. That's right, yeah, just to preserve them a little bit longer. Look, I think, I think on how embalming is done now will probably be different in fifty years time. Yep. I reckon it'll be a machine that just goes over the body and goes, done. Yeah. 
or um, dry ice, you know? Like there's got to be something. Got to be something out there just waiting for someone to do it because I think, you know, the days of the Egyptians pulling the brain out through the nose and like how do we know if that was right or not? Exactly. I don't know how they'd do that but I'd be interested <laughs> to see it. Maybe it was just a myth. It's like... Um, but, yeah, look, embalming, and I will say, there's probably people out there that are, that are embalmers maybe or um, – and, and, and I'm not dissing your, your job. Um, and I, we've got some really beautiful embalmers that I've worked with and you do a fantastic job. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. But I just know on my side that it's not necessary. And I, if I say no to something – and then I reach out to our mobile embalmer and she says no, that means like for all of those years of experience, there's something dramatically wrong that we can't allow that body to be viewed or, yep. you know. Um, but I was always someone that just watched and learnt, you know, like, oh, geez, you can do it that way. Oh, that's interesting. Or we'll try a little bit of this product, a little bit of that product. Let's mix it around, you know. Mm. Um, so I think especially in Australia, for the amount of time that we have bodies for from moment of death to when they leave us, it's not really necessary. And if we look at people every day or every second day to make sure that nothing has changed because um, the body can do some really weird and wacky things uh, in that time frame, then we've got ways of being able to assist further without having to do that evasive procedure. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, what else do we have there? Another big question that I've been getting, and I get this a lot even at TAFE when I'm doing my TAFE course. Brought to you by TAFE Australia. <laughs> <laughs> is do you experience any paranormal activity or anything weird while you're working? Do you get scared of anything? Things like that. Well, tell us, your, uh, tell us yeah, how, how have you felt? Well, I'm a big believer in the, in the supernatural. Yeah. I always have been as a kid. Yeah. And um, it kind of scared me growing up. But then the more I knew about it, the less it scared me. Yeah, that was but. Uncle Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Coming into this industry, definitely you, I felt things. Mm. You know, it's like someone, like a cold chill on the back Sorry. of your neck. <laughs> you know, you, you just feel like you're being watched. That's yeah. that sense of feeling of being watched. Mm. But I, I just tend to ignore it. You know, I tend to ignore it. You know, sometimes I like to pretend they're, you know, working with me. You know, sometimes if I'm in the mortuary and I have a loved one there that I'm, you know, mm. getting ready for their funeral, I'll talk to them. Yeah. You know, just imagine that they're still here, but you just can't see them with the naked eye. Yeah. You know? And sometimes I just talk to them and let them know what's happening. Like, oh, I'm just going to trim a little bit of hair here or yeah. I'm just going to, you know, gently wash you and things like that. And mm. it definitely when you when you have that sort of mindset, it does calm you down. Yeah. You know, if you ever feel scared in these sort of situations and because I think that's what people are scared about is they don't – they can't see it. Yeah, you got to have the – or my thing – when I first started, I didn't know which way I was swinging towards – Things were happening. I'm thinking mm, that's a bit, bit weird. Or yeah, like you said, that feel of someone's watching you. And when I first started, I was working 
in a building that was over 100 years old. So, and I was hearing children like playing and children crying and voices and like old time like classical type music. And this was like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. There was no one else around. Like, and then I found out later on that it used to be like an orphanage. Like mm-hmm. where ki- and where where their mortuary and all that was, there was like this little half door, which they halved it. Um, but downstairs is where they used to keep all the kids that were naughty. Wow. So you go down there and you behave yourself and then you can come back up. So I was hearing a lot of noise coming from down there, right? Didn't think anything of it. No, Anyone else that came into our mortuary area, I'd say, did you hear that? And they go, no. Like, okay, so none the wiser. But then I also found out that it used to be like a medical clinic and um, or, or not hospital but, you know, people could stay and do whatever they needed to do and then it turned into a funeral home. Wow. I mean weird and wacky things that happen there but um but i think as time went on and learning what i have learned it's real stuff man and i have worked with a lot of people that that are non-believers once you're gone you're gone they say it's like well i can tell you that some won't have energy is because they've probably lived a really good life or they haven't found the ability of once they have gone over to be able to reach out, Yeah. right? Now, you've seen what happens in our mortuary. You've seen our videos. You've seen our all of, all of those type of things. I sure have. Why would I make that shit up? It's just too hard to – it's just like, too hard to fake. And there's no point in me going, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this on and – you know, set some bugs in there to make it look like orbs. No, they're, they're real shit. Yeah. You know, excuse my language, but it's, it is, it is, it becomes like that. Um, and for the non-believers, I get it. I get it, you know. Um, but all I would say is come and spend a night here. Put you in there and... Yeah, uh, specifically and, in the mortuary. And just, yeah, because that is where we do their work. That's yep. where we wash them. That's you know. That's where we dress them. That's where we we give them our love. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but paranormal things are, are real. Even at the cemetery, cemeteries are full of fun-loving souls that you know they just want to play. That sounds really weird, but well, that people think you know with the paranormal. You know, when tables move or lights turn off, they yeah. think the spirit's out there trying to scare them. And when it's, it's not the case. No. The case is they're trying to signal because that's what you would do. Yeah. If you couldn't, if you had no voice, what would you do to, if you wanted someone's attention? Yeah. Throw you a would. cup across the room. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go the knives yet, but just <laughs> throw that over. That's plan B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I, I would. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in it, and and look, that's your your side. Like I said, I didn't know what side I was going to take, but being in this industry and seeing it, feeling it, um, and now my connections to the universe too is a little bit different now. I, 
you know, I'm not saying that every single person we get in is someone that wants to communicate with us. It's no. not. Um, I play normally play a unique sort of type of music and it might be Reiki or meditation type music in the mortuary and that is because that is the wavelength that I need if they are going to communicate to me that has worked for me may not work for others but it works for me and I want the transitional point from when they die to when they leave us to be good yeah you know I've seen so much happen to to decease after and I think you know, you just, they're still here. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and, yeah, the pa- the paranormal is, a, is, you know, you watch these shows. Now, majority of these shows, all it is is about YouTube followers. That's all it is. Yep. You know, oh, did you hear that? Yeah, I did hear that, but I want to see it. Exactly. Show me it. I've got proof of the show. I've got proof of the audio. I've got proof of... Of the you know the equipment and the people that have been involved in our in our investigations, are, are, it's real stuff. Exactly, especially the you lights know? you got in there, those two little magnetic lights you got on the wall. Yeah, you can't turn yeah. them on like every like no, you can't. You can't and and they're, I call them sensors, but they're sensors from beyond. They're not sensors like you know you walk down the street and a ding. Light yeah, it's on. not the case because I've walked in there and they don't turn on. But then there's other times I've walked in there after we've just had someone in there. Yeah. And they've turned on. Yeah. You know? And if you look at them, there's no switch. There's no, no like, battery no. compartment. There's no. no... There's literally physically... You can't even... You can wave at it and it yeah. won't turn on. No. So, so how, how yeah. does that work? Yeah. How, to all the non-believers, how do you explain that? Yeah. You know, I've got the two cameras in there. One that will pick up... Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, what's the light? Um, infrared. Infrared. And the... Um, Jeez, I've gone all blank now. Um, but, yeah, infrared. The other one, not so much. But that'll pick up bodies. That'll pick up body form. If it sees a body form, that then it'll go, huh. Well, you look at the video and you go, there's no body in there, but how did that camera pick it up? Yeah. How did that camera physically go, oh, look, that looks like it's walking, that looks like it's got arms, and then you see like a silhouette, like, yeah, or things come off. The, where the towels are, the things just come off the wall that don't normally come off. Like, Well, it's like your your recent video with the towels. Yeah. You know, because I, you I saw that myself. Them wrong. Do it again. <laughs> the funny thing was there were the towels I folded up. Yeah. So I think they didn't like the way I did it. No, no. <laughs> but, and, um, yeah. But how? How does that – like that, that corner of the mortuary um, has always been hot for stuff. I don't know why. Like, I thought that where we actually do the washing over the other side of the mortuary would have been more so. I don't know. But maybe keep in know. mind that those towels touch everyone. Oh, well, they do. Then you yeah. wash the towels. Yeah. And then you rep- and then you put them back. So. Yeah. You, it's 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 a countless number of how many people those towels have touched. Yeah. And we don't know if there's any sort of spirits that have attached to that towel. Yeah, and you go, oh, it's only a basic towel. And because yeah. and because it's in that corner, yeah. that's probably yeah, why that's it's true. a hot spot. Yeah, so I would say to those people that are questioning, um, you know, have you ever seen it? Have you ever felt it? Uh, go and check out uh, Let's Chat About Death um, on TikTok. Um, and, uh, well, that's our TikTok, and that's got all our videos on that. So if you haven't seen it, go and take a look. 
Um, there's lots, lots there. Uh, I don't tend to put up a lot of them because uh, I have had a lot of people say, oh, we don't believe, we don't believe, and you're just making it up. And it's like, no, 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 it's it's, it's real. It's real. Yeah. Um, for us, it's real. Definitely. Um, but we, we live it every day. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So all um, these people that are quick to shut it down, they've never really had any experiences. And that's no, and I, that's why I've always said, you know, you want to you wanna come and test it. And the other thing is too is why does majority of paranormal things happen at night? Yeah. Why why do you reckon that is? It's a, it's a, it's a definitely a hard question to ask. But maybe That's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's got to do with, you know, cuz you're using a lot of th- equipment during the day and, you know, things like that. Maybe there's too much interference yeah. during yep. the day. And so probably maybe the spirit feels like it can latch on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hello, Simon, it's me. <laughs> this is your subconscious talking. <laughs> but yeah, I reckon it's got to do with the interference from, you know, using electronics during it throughout the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll get off that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think during yeah during the day there's too much noise. It doesn't mean that things don't happen during the day because they do, but we don't probably acknowledge it as much as what we do at night when everything else is not happening. Exactly. You know, like our facilities here are, you know, we've got forklifts, we've got cars, we've got, you know, highway noise, we've got all sorts of things happening. And... At night time, there's nothing. So, but it brings the spooky and kooky to it because night time's like, oh, we're going to get you. But I've had probably more things happen during the day to me than what I have at night. Yeah. And that's just, you're at there at that time of the day, uh, lights flickering um, that may not flicker anywhere else. Um and I have had it checked by an electrician. So, because <laughs> I like to debunk a lot of stuff too. I want to make sure that what I'm saying is that it's got to have a reason for it. Not just, oh, look at that ghost. It's like, no, it wasn't a ghost. It was your powers about to go out, <laughs> you know. So, for me, for me, that's what I try to do. But it's, yeah, for the people that aren't believers, then you might need to just start to think about it a little bit more and, and be a part of it before, yeah, I don't know. It's, exactly. it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Um, but then I also get the poops where, you know, there's locations that have got paranormal activity happening but then they, they feed on it because or they'll in, they, they stir the spirit up just to get money. Yeah, just to get a reaction. You know, you look at these asylums and things like that. You know, majority of them, yeah, you probably won't get rid of, but you can get rid of them, let them go. But no, we won't do that because society, we've got to make some money off that. Like, I'd love to go to these asylums, but I reckon I'd have to do the investigation myself. You tell me where the hotspots are and let me go, you know. Exactly. But when you got these cowboys that come in and they try to, yeah, I don't know. And they purposely break all the 
and they disrespect and yeah. things like that just to get a reaction for views. Yeah. Uh, oh, like you that. know, we're gonna we're gonna open up a Ouija board. Oh no, you're not. Don't do that. Yeah, it's mm. probably not a good idea. Yeah, no, don't don't do that. Um, you know, not unless you know how to start it and how to finish it. You don't leave it open. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on in. Just a never ending. Yeah, no. that's it. Um, you know, the other thing used to be mirrors. Mirrors were a very big thing for um, paranormal. You think about how many mirrors have witnessed so many different things throughout our history. That sounds yeah. really weird, but you know, someone being there, someone getting shot in the head, so like all, or like anything, even furniture. What that furniture has physically witnessed or felt or smelt. Yeah, yeah. It's um, that's why when people get a lot of these uh, old pieces of furniture and they, they don't cleanse them before they bring them in. They bring them in and then all of a sudden, oh, why is it that mum's always getting headaches? Why why is this happening at night? It's because that is being affected by a soul. Exactly. Like you've got to be able to cleanse that and get rid of that. Um, then you can enjoy the piece of furniture. Yeah, otherwise it just starts manifesting in your house. Yeah. It's like... You know, mum's sleeping with the soul. Like, <laughs> who else has been sleeping in here? Oh, it's just John, don't worry about him. He's from the third drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and wait until, wait until Dennis comes out of the top drawer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, look, I think, I think we're, um, we're going to wrap it up because we've gone for an hour flapping our gums um spoken a lot of good topics today i hope that's helped anyone out there um certainly helped help simon help me with a lot of things too um for those that uh like socials go and check out our let's chat about death tiktok our facebook page and uh hope you enjoy future episodes and ones that we've done uh, other than that, thank you very much. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, until we come back on, enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.